Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, today is 20 May, 2018. It's Sunday. It's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And I'll get started right away by saying I have a bandana which came all the way from Australia today. And it happened to match kind of the shirt that Hedico picked out to iron. So uh, let's see, it's from Philip and Julie Powell over in Victoria, Australia. And I want to thank them very much for it. It's, it's springy, so it fits my head without too much effort. And uh, it didn't need to be washed, so... Uh, uh, Hidako ironed. I've told her, teach me how to iron and I will do it. And she won't do it. She seems to enjoy ironing. So, yes, I did not iron my own shirt. She, I guess because I've asked her for years, would you just teach me how? And I won't ask you to do these things. But anyway, um, one note before we get into the prophecy update is we today, what happened today? Does anybody know what happened today with the daily devotional? No, we completed the book of 2 Timothy, okay? We've been doing this since Romans 1. I went through the whole Bible. I wrote a commentary on the whole from Romans all the way through Revelation, and I didn't save it. And somebody says, why don't don't you save these? And so about somewhere around where we're at now, I started saving them, but I'm going through the whole New Testament again. We finished from Romans through 2 Timothy today. Tomorrow, which is Monday, we will be starting the book of Titus, Titus 1, verse 1. It's only 46 verses long, and so nobody has an excuse to not read those once a day for 46 days. You'll actually have some theology instead of watching 55 Prophecy Updates. Watch 54, and then cut out one more, watch 53, and watch a sermon, and you'll be learning the Bible, okay? But that's my recommendation. Go to the Superior Word website and just click on Today, and there will be today's um, thing for the next 46 days, the book of Titus. All right, so our first category, as always, is Israel. And we have from, all right, I got just lots of titles in here today, but some articles as well, but a couple titles to start us out with from Art Shiva, Joe Lieberman, the uh, senator, okay, Trump had the courage past presidents lacked. Okay, he's gone Democrat, Republican, and back and forth, but he got that right. He understands that our previous presidents said with their own mouths during the campaigns, I am going to move the the embassy to Jerusalem. It was established law back in 96 or 98, and they've just passed waivers every six months for all of those years in order to not take a stand. And our president said he was going to do it. And he did it. Joe Lieberman acknowledged that from Jerusalem Post. Guatemala opens embassy in Jerusalem two days after the United States. Good job, Guatemala. So they're following along with Trump's lead. Okay, from the Times of Israel. Israel's justice minister calls Trump the Churchill of the 21st century. Yes, Ayelet Shakad called President Trump the Churchill of the 21st century for his decision to relocate the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem or Shaked, I said, I said Shaked. Shaked said that with his move, Trump had reversed Chamberlain's policy of capitulation and showed the world that Israel is running the show here. Previous U.S. presidents of both parties refrained from opening embassies in Jerusalem, arguing that the city's final status should be first resolved through the Israeli-Fakistinian negotiations. Shaked appeared to be comparing that policy to British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain's appeasement of the Nazis prior to World War II, which got us into World War II. 
and it cost many, many thousands of lives on the English side because of it, or, you know, it's just terrible. Anyway, uh, suggesting Trump was like his successor, Winston Churchill, who led the war effort. Shaked from the right-wing Jewish Home Party bashed Europe for not learning from history. She told the invited guests Europe closed its eyes to the strengthening of the Nazis. Today is choosing to close its eyes to the strengthening of Iran. And that's exactly what they're doing. From the Times of Israel, Obama's envoy to Israel, this is when he was the president, his envoy to Israel, says the embassy moved to Jerusalem could help end the conflict, uh, which it won't. We know what the Bible says about it, but I'm going to read his commentary anyway. Daniel Shapiro, U.S. ambassador to Israel during the Obama admin, said that the move initiated by President Trump to transfer the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem may help end this conflict. Shapiro saw that amid the concerns about the decision and its impact on prospects for peace, he actually would be taking the contrary in view that the controversial transfer of the embassy to Jerusalem can help advance an end to the conflict. He, this is Shapiro still, then launched into a brief history lesson where he asked why the United States never previously recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital and linked it to the 1947 partition plan calling for the establishment of two states, a Jewish state and an Arab state but treating Jerusalem as a separate body, a corpus separatum, just like Washington, D.C. is here in America, and drawing a circle around it to indicate that the city did not belong to either state. The issue was too hard to settle, so virtually every country put off making any changes to its policy until Jerusalem's status could be resolved through negotiations. The U.S. was among them, adding that this policy remained unchanged through multiple peace initiatives over many decades, when the U.S. Congress sought to advance legislation, here it is, in 1995, that would require the U.S. move its embassy to Jerusalem, the Clinton admin sought a waiver of authority, allowing the president to delay the move by six months at a time, and it continued on until Trump. Okay, so his note is that this will actually stimulate something. It may be positive, it may be negative, but it has gotten rid of all of the trouble that we have had going on for the past 25 years, where we just keep punting the football further down the field, okay? Jerusalem Post, Lieberman. This is not Joe Lieberman from, it's Lieberman from uh, Israel. Lieberman, we almost hit all Iranian infrastructure in Syria. I don't care about that. We all know about that. But what I want to tell you is what he says at the end of this short article. The IDF hit almost all of Iran's infrastructure in Syria. Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman said hours after Israeli and Iran exchanged barrages of missiles and airstrikes. He said President Trump's decision to pull the U.S. out of the 2015 deal and reinstate sanctions on the Islamic Republic has given Iran a clear decision point survive or continue adventures all over the Middle East and other places. Furthermore, he said Trump had sent a very strong, broader message and his tone of being tough on Iran, accompanied by his progress in negotiations with North Korea, had created a very favorable dynamic. Moving over to the Fakistanian arena, here it is, Lieberman expressed skepticism about any peace moves. Here's what he says. Peace in the Middle East will come with the coming of the Messiah, he said. 
there is no peace in the Middle East. Now, I'd like to remind you, I read this last week, or actually one thing from James, but I uh, will read you this, which I do read from time to time from Daniel. And I'll give you my comments on it. Daniel chapter 9. Okay. And go to verse 24. There it is. Okay, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. None of those has happened. 70 weeks were determined back in the time of Daniel. That's a period of 493 years. None of those has occurred. Bible is the word of God, and so they will occur. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince... There shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, which is a total of 69 weeks or 483 years. Okay. The street shall be built again and the wall, meaning it's from the decree recorded in the book of Nehemiah, which speaks of the building of the wall. Okay. Even in troublesome times. So from that time until Messiah, 69 weeks, 483 years. And then this is where things start to break down between, uh, you know, uh, praetorists and dispensationalists that believe that we have a future for Israel. Verse 26, after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. Christ will die, but not for himself. He'll die for the sins of the world. And the people of the prince who is to come, meaning the Romans, they went in and they destroyed Jerusalem. The people of the prince who is to come, it doesn't say the prince who is to come, it says the people of the prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood, and till the end the war des- of the war, desolations are determined. And then verse 27, here it is. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That's speaking of the Antichrist. If you're a praetorist, you're saying that's speaking of Jesus because he confirmed a covenant with many for one week, one period of seven years. Well, he didn't confirm a covenant for one week. It's an eternal covenant in his blood. It's not a seven-year covenant, okay? So he's going to do this in the future. The Antichrist is going to come. He's going to sign a seven-year peace deal. Remember that article I read one week ago where they said we want to make peace with Israel for a duration of time. Not a permanent one. It just seems odd that they want to make a one of a set period of time, be it five years or seven years or 10 years. They want a limited peace plan. Well, who would do that? It doesn't seem to make any sense, but that's what the Bible says is coming. And these people in Israel think that this person is going to bring them peace as the Messiah. So it's so sad to see Israel I won't finish the uh, thing. Go read the rest of it yourself if you want. It's only two more verses, or or I'm sorry, two more sentences in that last verse. But um, it's sad that Israel thinks that Messiah is going to come and bring them peace when the Prince of Peace has already come. He's died for the sins of the world, and he has said that Antichrist is coming. The very person that we think is Antichrist is who they think is going to be the Messiah. It's going to be all kinds of trouble for those poor people. Two-thirds of them, according to Zechariah, are going to die because they failed to call on Christ and to accept his terms of peace and usher in his millennial reign. It's very sad, but I just thought that was profound that here this guy says this. He's a government official saying peace is coming when Messiah comes. They already believe it. When he comes and they have this peace treaty, they're going to say this is our Messiah. Anyway, Christian news today. Uh, I entitled this the UMC, the United Methodist Church, which is based on Methodism, a method of, I call it faulty methodology, okay? Before I get into that, I'd like to remind you, I said this a couple minutes ago, I'll remind you again, we're starting the book of Titus, thank you, tomorrow. So please, uh, Click onto that once a day and learn the Bible. It's 46 days. It won't take any time at all. And you'll say, gosh, that went fast. I want to see what the next book has to say. Okay. From Christian Post, United Methodist Church leadership endorses plan 
to soften stance against homosexuality. Well, I've got a friend of mine that I've known since first grade. This poor girl. She's known me my whole life, right? Okay. We're still very close friends, and they have stayed. They have tried to stick it out with the United Methodist Church. They have been in this church. They've seen it collapsing, but they thought this is our home church, which, you know, is a bad thing. When you put your friends and the people that you worship with above the Lord, and I'm not saying they did that. They may have other reasons why they've stayed, but that's one of the reasons why they've stayed is because they've wanted to stay with this family that they've grown together with. Well, it's over. This issue has done it. But what I told her is that it was several years ago I was teaching at Grace Baptist Church. And I, there were probably 10 people in the, uh, the room at the time. And the next week, there were about 50 people sitting in that room. And I said, what's going on? And I said to Jim and to Jay and to Joan and several others, I said, what are you doing here? And they said, we've left the Methodist Church because of abortion. That's right. And so they made their stand over the abortion issue, and my friends have now said we're giving up what we have known, and they're out looking for new churches. I told them, check out Calvary Chapel over there, or a couple other churches, but I said, if you can't find a good church, I know one you can watch online, and you can do it in whatever clothes you want, so there you go. Anyway, it says, uh, the United Methodist Council of Bishops has endorsed a proposal to soften the denomination stand against homosexuality in order to prevent a schism. Well, guess what? They're just shooting themselves in the foot because they're, they're going to lose lots more people because of it. This plan calls for changing the Book of Discipline to remove language labeling homosexuality incompatible with Christian teaching. Well, guess what? That's why we don't have a Book of Discipline. It's because this is our standard. It's got to be. If you don't have something from God as your standard, then anything goes. And man can amend the Book of Discipline. You cannot amend the Word of God. All right? They're going to allow churches, listen to this, you talk about waffling and convictions, allowing churches in the United States to permit the same-sex weddings and gay ordination while letting clergy and some overseas conferences retain their official position. So these African churches, which are totally opposed to homosexuality, they say, you believe what you want, we'll believe what we want, and we'll put it in the book of discipline that you can do whatever you want. It's insane. Okay, the one church plan allows for contextualization of language about human sexuality in support of the mission. So context is king to them, and context is whatever you want. That's what they're saying, okay? It allows for central conferences, especially those in Africa, to retain their disciplinary authority to adapt the book of discipline and continue to include traditional language and values while fulfilling a vision of a global and multicultural church. If I was in Africa, I would sever over that alone. If you can't hold to the word of God, I'm done. But we'll see where it goes with this. You know, there's a lot of paychecks involved. There's You get your little pointy hats when you move up the line and stuff. So those, I don't know. I mean, I, just people are motivated by the craziest things. And so they would rather stay and build diving boards instead of going and starting a church that actually says we're going to uphold the word of God. We read before we started the update the story of John and Charles Wesley this morning. You know, they finally met the Lord after being Anglican ministers for years and years and years. They got into Methodism. They established it. They converted many people to Christ, although there are some faulty theology in the Methodist church. They would be spinning at the faulty theology there now. They'd just be spinning in their graves. This plan also encourages a generous unity by giving United Methodists the ability to address different missional contexts in ways that reflect their theological convictions. In other words, just believe whatever you want. Whatever it reflects, that's what you teach. Mm. Terrible. 
From the Christian Post again, the United Methodist Church rejects, sounds good, rejects constitutional amendments saying God isn't male or female. Sounds like a good thing, right? The UMC has narrowly voted down. They rejected this proposal, but they only narrowly voted it down. I was at the UMC church right after I met the Lord. I thought I'm going to attend here because my neighbors attend here. And after a couple of weeks, I went online and I read what they actually believe. And it was the same thing. They narrowly voted on an issue. And I said, I, it was the abortion issue. I said, I can't be in this church anymore. I can't do it because I'm giving money to a church that is going to, you know, take care of this issue there. So they have the same thing. They went from narrowly on abortion to abortion, then narrowly on homosexuality to homosexuality. And now is God male or female, right? And narrowly means that the next time they have their meeting, it's going to be over the hill. Right. Um, They narrowly voted down the amendment to the denomination's book of discipline that would have said God is not male or female. Delegates from the UMC's annual conferences voted on whether to ratify five proposed amendments that were approved by the 2016 General Conference. Proposed Constitutional Amendment 1 was centered on gender equality and included the statement that it is, listen to this, contrary to scripture and to logic to say that God isn't male or female as maleness and femaleness are characteristics of human bodies and cultures, not characteristics of the divine. When Jesus prayed, he prayed to who? The Father, Abba Father, right? It doesn't matter what they think. It's not contrary to scripture. It's in line with scripture, right? Okay, we'll go on. It says um, Amendment 1 received 66.5% of the vote, less than the half percentage point of the minimum 66.7. So that is how close it was. They were off by just a vote or two in this. That they would change what scripture says that God is not male or female when all the way through, all the way through this book, it is in the masculine. Our father, our father, right? Uh, Hebrew, Greek, doesn't matter. It's always in the masculine. Aramaic, okay. So we'll go on. Uh, Let's see here. In a statement, the UMC Council of Bishops expressed disappointment. The Council of Bishops were disappointed. Okay, they expressed disappointment at the failure of Amendment 1 and also proposed Constitutional Amendment 2, which added the term gender to a litany of identities that the church will not discriminate against. While we are not completely clear, they're scratching their heads concerning the motivation that caused them to miss the two-thirds required majority. They had it all done in the background. Is what That's what they're saying. We had it locked in, and for some reason, somebody changed their vote at the last minute. That's what they're talking about, okay? Um, Unequivocal in our commitment to the equality of women and their full inclusion in our church, the bishop said. We recommit ourselves as individual bishops and the council of bishops to leading the church toward the goal which Christ has given us to fully include both men and women in the life and ministry of Christ's church. Well, guess what it says in 2 Timothy, or I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, or 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go read it. Learn your Bible. Okay, it says um, Amendment 1 sought to add a new paragraph to the Book of Discipline, which would have addressed gender justice. As the Holy Scripture reveals, both men and women are made in the image of God, and therefore men and women are of equal value in the eyes of God. That's not the issue, is it? Upholding the Word of God is what the issue is. Uh, The UMC acknowledges the long history of discrimination against women and girls. The UMC shall confront and seek to eliminate discrimination against women and girls, whether in organizations or in individuals, in every facet of its life and in society at large. 
Many in the UMC expressed concern over how Amendment 1 included the claim that it is contrary to Scripture and to logic to say that God is male or female. Does this mean that Jesus is not male? Or does this mean that Jesus, who is obviously male, not divine? Either position is contrary to our doctrinal standards. Somebody still understands that, noted Good News Magazine in 2017. While this statement is well-intentioned and we support a strong emphasis on the equality of women, we are concerned with its theological fuzziness being written into our Constitution. A few people understood this. The Church's advocacy for women's equality is well-stated elsewhere in the Book of Discipline. Now, people will take this too far. I am not opposed to having a woman give her testimony about how she came to Christ. I did that one time, and I had a bunch of people email me and said, that was inappropriate. You shouldn't have had that person. She's telling how she came to Christ. That was all she was doing. But you are not, according to the Bible, a woman is not to teach or have authority over a man. That is the word of God. If people don't like that, I didn't write this book. You can take it up with him. That is in context. People always email me after I say this, especially on a prophecy update, and they say, well, you're wrong about that. I didn't write this. Paul wrote this. His, his words are doctrine for the church age. They are prescriptive. The book of Acts and all of the other examples that they inevitably will send to me are from descriptive passages. They describe that a person prophesied or a person did this or that. That is descriptive. It is not to be used as doctrine. Paul is our marching orders from Romans through the book of Philemon for this dispensation. If people don't get that right, then they're going to have faulty theology. That's all there is to it. We are dispensationalists in this church. We are pre-tribulation believers in the rapture because that's what the Bible teaches, but we hold to the word of God. And the word of God says that you are not to teach or have a A woman is not to teach or have authority over a man. And once again, we either hold up scripture or we do not. Your choice, do what you want. Save yourself the email though, okay? Islam today, Jerusalem Online. I'm gonna go through a whole bunch of these. You know all about it. I just wanna show you. What's been going on over the week and all of the different articles that have highlighted this so you can grasp, because I know you've seen the issue probably on Drudge or somewhere else, but I'm going to give you a lot of them. Iran has been sending money to Hamas to fund the violent Gaza border riot. So we know that. Iran has been funding it. The discovery was made during a Shin Bet investigation. It's been proven. It is true. Al Arabiya says, Fakistinian baby among 61 killed in Gaza border protests. They said that it died because of the tear gas inhalation. They found out later that is incorrect. She had medical conditions. And guess what? Your baby dies there. Hey, you don't have the medical conditions to pay for anymore. And you get a monthly stipend because your baby was a martyr. They took her intentionally there knowing that she would die in order to... I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, I've gotten it sent to me quite a few times. There is a video on Facebook of a man with this little child, can't be more than two years old, carrying a, the little child's carrying a Fakistinian flag, and the father is saying in Arabic, they have the, the translators translating, he's saying in Arabic, go, get yourself shot, okay? And there's the Israeli soldiers, there's five or six of them standing right there with M16s or whatever they carry, Uzis, right? And the father is egging them on, and these guys aren't gonna shoot this kid, they know that, but the father's, he's telling his son, go get shot, be a martyr. Now, it, it, it's perverse, Right? And then he says, pick up rocks, throw rocks at them. This father is teaching them to do these perverse things. It is absolutely crazy what's going on in this world. And the news media overlooks it. They say that, oh, they have a right to do that. You know, it's the old saying, and I cited it to a couple people that sent me that video yesterday, the old saying that Islam 
asks you to send your children to die for him. Allah asks you to send your children to die for him. Whereas the Christian God, the true God, sends his son to die for you. There's a giant difference between the two ideologies. Anyway, here we go. Um, Times of Israel. Turkey recalls ambassadors to Israel, U.S. over Gaza genocide. All right, and then Haaretz, South Africa, recalls ambassador to Israel in wake of indiscriminate killings in Gaza. From Ynet, Australia blames Hamas for Palestinian deaths. Good job, Australia. Whitehouse.gov, they said the responsibility for these tragic deaths rests squarely with Hamas. From Fox, at least three of the 52 reportedly killed Monday in clashes were armed terrorists caught trying to plant a bomb near the Gaza border fence. So they killed three people that were planting a bomb. Goes on, weasel zippers. 50 of the 62 people killed on Gaza border were Hamas terrorist operatives. Hamas admits. Hamas admits. They said that 50 of those 62 people, and that shows you, what does that show you? It shows you that the Israelis were showing great restraint, and they were targeting people that they knew were operatives, okay? There was no indiscriminate killing there, and Hamas has admitted it, okay? Fortunately, we have people that understand Arabic, their memory, the Middle East um, monitor for whatever. Anyway, they understand Arabic, and they listen to these things, and they say, the guy said it himself, okay, going on. Jerusalem Post, France's Macron tells Netanyahu the Palestinians have a right to protest peacefully. Well, they didn't protest peacefully. Their right ends with that. Okay, and then from memory, here's what the senior Hamas official says. This is not peaceful resistance. So obviously Macron can shut up and the Israelis can shoot. Okay, it is supported by our weapons, he said. There you go. Right there, it's all over the world, but most people will look at one side or the other and they won't take in the whole situation. From Ynet, we got just treasonous people that were in our previous administration, but here's one of them. Former CIA chief Gaza deaths result of utter disregard for Palestinian rights. John Brennan, who's probably going to jail, director of the CIA under Obama, commented on the Gaza Strip riots on his Twitter account and said that the deaths of these Palestinians was a result of utter disregard by President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu to Palestinian rights and homeland. When people tell you that they are coming to break down your fence and to declare sovereignty in your sovereign land, you shoot them. Right. It says by moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, he added Trump has played politics and destroyed the U.S.'s role as peacemaker. No, he actually upheld the law, which is in writing since 1995. I think I said he upheld the law, which no other president has done since that law was enacted. Instead, they've kicked it down the, the can down the road. Right. This guy, these people, terrible, terrible people in our previous administration from The Guardian. Great article, a little long. Iraq's shock election. I don't know if you know, but Iraq just went through an election, okay? Their shock election may be a turning point for Iran. The unexpectedly poor showing of Hadir al-Abadi, Iraq's prime minister in parliamentary elections, has dealt a blow to U.S. influence in the country. It is a poor return for American backing for the Baghdad government's drive to extirpate the IS and regain lost territory. But... The bigger loser may be Iran, whose allies in Iraq's Shia militias, known as the Popular Mobilization Forces, were pushed into second place by Moqtada al-Sadr, the veteran nationalist. Put simply, Sadr believes Iraqis should run 
Iraqi affairs, not Washington, not Tehran, and not their proxies. The pressing question now for Iraqis and the wider Arab world is whether the election marks the high watermark of Iranian influence that has grown steadily across the region since the 2003 U.S. invasion. Recent efforts have blown large holes in the prevailing narrative of an inexorable Iranian advance. In short, we have reached peak Iran. Evidence the tide may be turning emerged last week after Donald Trump, in effect, tore up the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran and reimposed sweeping sanctions. Tehran's fractured leadership seemed caught off guard by the full force of the U.S. president's denunciation. He did. He caught him right off guard, and we know that. And it has failed so far to articulate a clear response, although European signatories will this week tell Mohammad Javad Zarif, Iran's foreign minister, they are determined to uphold the pact. This seems an empty promise. And we've seen it all week long. The EU has been saying, we're going to uphold this pact. And I read 10 articles on it this morning. It's not going to happen. Faced with swinging U.S. Treasury sanctions, private companies doing business in Iran will most likely walk away. There is little France, Germany, or the EU can do to stop them. By its relative silence, the United Kingdom, caught as ever between Washington and Europe, is already acknowledging this reality. Nor can Iran rely on Russia or China, also signatories to the deal, to bail it out. To fund its inefficient state-dominated economy, its ongoing interventions in Syria and Yemen, and, for example, its ballistic missile program, Iran needs the billions of dollars accruing from oil exports, which our previous president gave to them, along with billions of our dollars, right? Remember that? This cash flow is seriously in jeopardy. Iran has had a significant setback in another regional theater last week, blundering into an Israeli trap. Remember I said that last um, Sunday, or yeah, Sunday during the Prophecy Update, that Israel egged them on, they egged them on, and then they responded, and Israel got their chance to go in and blow them up. Israel is doing the right things over there. They know what's going on. They said it began with a minor attack last Tuesday on Iranian military facilities at Kiswe, south of Damascus, the latest of several Israel hit-and-run raids to which Iran had not responded until then. It proved the last straw. Iran's Revolutionary Guard commanders opened fire on Israeli positions in the occupied Golan Heights, and that gave Israel, exactly as we said here, a look for a pretext to launch a pre-planned assault on Iranian facilities all across Syria. It was a classic sucker punch. Iran's troublesome military buildup appears to have been halted, at least for now. It is going to come back. We know that because they're a part of the coalition coming against Israel. But I said it last week. I'll say it again now. Two players are not yet involved. They are Sudan and they are Libya. And until they are involved, this isn't going to come to pass. And people are jumping the gun on their predictive prophecies about this particular issue. It is coming. It may be coming very soon. But until we see those two nations readily involved and actively siding with Russia and Iran, it isn't coming. From Mail Online, Marvel, Marvel Comics, Marvel confirms first Muslim superhero character will feature in forthcoming MCU movie. And my thought is, at least she will be good at blowing things up. 
<laughs> Mongolia Today. Xinhua says, construction of Mongolia's first oil refinery to begin in quarter three of 2018. I reported on this last year. They're planning on getting their own oil refinery. It is coming. It's been budgeted. The construction of Mongolia's first oil refinery will begin in its southeastern Dornogovi province in the third quarter of 2018. We're in the second quarter. Or what are we second. in now? Second quarter. Okay. The project will be completed by 2022. The project was financed by a loan from India. Good job, India, which was announced during Indian Prime Minister, nah, I can't pronounce his first name, Modi's visit in 2015, which we did report on. The refinery will have a processing capacity of 1.5 million metric tons of oil per year and will annually produce 560,000 tons of gasoline and 670,000 tons of diesel fuel, as well as 107,000 tons of liquefied gas. They're putting out a lot of stuff there. The refinery would boost Mongolia's gross domestic product by 10%. Mongolia currently exports crude oil to China while importing petroleum products from Russia. So, taking over the world one barrel of oil at a time, that's Mongolia for you. From Daniel 12 Technology this week. UW News. Now, this is really good news. If you hate uh, cavities and, you know, going to the dentist and all this, this is fantastic. You know, I... Uh, who said that? Was that my mom? It was my mom said that. She said, I love it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. People, I've always said, and I don't play the lottery unless it gets over half a billion dollars. I figure $2 is worth the effort. But I've always said, if I won the lottery, I would change only two things in my life. And only two things. The first is I would get a new shower curtain every single day because they smell so good. I, new shower curtains are the best. They're like new car smell on steroids. And then you give it to somebody, it's brand new, so it's not waste, right? And the second thing I would do would be to go to the dentist every two weeks. I love going to the dentist. I love the feeling of it. I love the cleanness of it. I love when your teeth hurt because they jabbed your gum. and I, Just the whole thing is wonderful. But listen to this. If you don't like that, listen to this. Yes, I am. Absolutely. Those are the only two things I'd change. Peptide-based biogenic dental. I might buy Hedicomore flowers. I might do that. Uh, other than that, I wouldn't spend any more money. Peptide-based biogenic dental product may cure cavities. Researchers at the University of Washington have designed a convenient and natural product that uses proteins to rebuild tooth enamel and treat dental cavities. Remineralization guided by peptides is a healthy alternative to current dental health care. The new biogenic dental products can, in theory, rebuild teeth and cure cavities without today's costly and uncomfortable treatments. Peptide-enabled formulations will be simple and would be implemented in over-the-counter or clinical products. The researchers accomplished this by capturing the essence of amylogenin, a protein crucial to forming the hard crown enamel. To design amylogenin derivative peptides that biomineralize and are the key active ingredient in the new technology. The bio-inspired repair process restores the mineral structure found in native tooth enamel. The peptide-enabled technology allows the deposition of 10 to 50 micrometers of new enamel on the teeth after each use. Once fully developed, the technology can be used in both private and public health settings. In biomimetic something toothpaste, gels, solutions, and composites as a safe alternative to existing dental procedures and treatments. The technology enables people to rebuild and strengthen tooth enamel on a daily basis as a part of a preventive dental 
care routine. So you just buy this stuff and brush your teeth with it. Problem solved. I, I love that. I just, wow. Okay, mail online. Star Trek has invented more things that have actually come to pass than any other show in the history of the universe, I think. Star Trek type style invisibility cloaks. You know, turn on the cloaking device and they disappear. Here you go. Invisibility cloaks come a step closer after scientists find a way of making submarines undetectable by sonar. Completely undetectable. Sonar, what they do is they send out a ping, ping, and it hits it and it bounces back. And that's how they tell where things are, right? Well, they can now deflect that ping elsewhere, just like a cloaking device would. Invention deflects sonar waves around its edges without reflecting them back. It could allow submersibles to cruise through enemy territory undetected. Researchers incorporated the new meta material into a three-foot-high prototype. Pyramid-shaped gadget was able to redirect approaching waves. There you go. Very interesting. Go Star Trek. Yes, redirect. Revelation plagues today. Mail online. It's always something new. We were talking about that before we got started today. Newly discovered pig virus is capable of transferring to humans, posing a potentially lethal threat. A SARS-like vomiting bug that infects pigs, yes, has been shown to jump between species, including chickens, cats, and humans. But there are worrying similarities between the pig virus and the SARS and MERS viruses, which have killed more than a thousand humans. The MERS virus is the most threatening to humans at the moment. So, very scary world we're living in. It's just terrible. Mail online. STDs reach an all-time high in California. Report reveals alarming spike in syphilis. Stillbirth says number of sexual infections hits 300,000. Now, remember last week we found out the STDs were racist, remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. For the three years, last three years, California has been losing its battle against surging rates of STDs. Last year, there were nearly 50 stillbirths due to syphilis compared to just eight in 2013. It is just geometrically growing. The increases are driven by rises in all kinds of, I'm not going to read them all, but all kinds of STDs. Rates of STDs are 45% higher in the state than they were five years ago. Racism is suspected. Morality. Um, that was, I added that in. Um, from the Daily Caller, Missouri to give Planned Murderhood the boot. This is the second state that I know has done this. Missouri lawmakers passed a spending plan that will ensure the Planned Murderhood does not receive funding through the state. Okay? No funding at all of any type that comes through the state will go to them. Now, all the liberal states will continue to do this, but we know what our president did this past week, don't we? Right? LifeSite News. Planned Murderhood says Trump and Pence hate women because they want to defund it. Well, I guarantee you that Trump does not hate women. If you've read the news, you know he doesn't hate women. And Pence is a gentleman's gentleman. He is a one-man, one-man, one-woman man, and he loves his wife. So they don't hate women at all. But that's Planned Parenthood's stand on what's going on with the uh, defunding of it. No, what? We love, we love kids. We love children. That's right. From You know, I was out on the beach. I used to have a sign that said, Bible questions answered. Don't be shy. And I did that every day for years and years and years until I started preaching, and I found out you don't have time to answer the phone. It's so busy. But um, uh, I was out there every day, and one day some um, Amish people walked up, and they had a Bible question. And so I was talking to them, and we got talking about life afterward. And I said, how many kids do you have? And he says, I don't have any. I said, okay. And then about um, five minutes later, we're continuing talking on, and he says, my eighth child. And I said, what? I said, you don't have any kids. He says, no, I don't. 
He says, in the Bible, the kids are going to be separated from the uh, the goats from the uh, the oh. sheep, right? Oh. And so he doesn't want to make the connection between the goats, kids, and so he had children. So when you said kids, that came to mind. There you go. So he has no kids. He has children. Yeah, there you go. And I agree with it. It makes sense. You know, if you're going to honor your children, honor them the biblical way. Let's go on. Now, let's see here. Um, USA Today. Trump rolls back. Obama rules that help transgender prisoners. Did anybody hear about that? Just good news. This guy is doing all kinds of good stuff. Officials will now use biological sex as the initial determination for whether transgender inmates where they are housed. The line recommending housing by gender equality was struck out and highlighted. Good job, Trump. The new policy notes the designation to a facility of the inmates identified gender will be appropriate only in rare cases, the guide says health and safety of the inmate should be considered when deciding where they will be housed. Well, you know that it's coming from the president. They will do everything they can to stick to that because they don't want to get in trouble by fudging this. All right. Good job, Trump. CNS says, I didn't know this. Apparently, this has been going on for some years, but I don't watch sports. But when I saw it, I thought I'd tell you about it. 23 major league baseball teams to promote homosexuality at LGBT pride nights. I had no idea. Sadly, 23 of the 30 MLB teams are promoting homosexuality through LGBT Pride Nights this year. In addition, only two MLB teams, New York Yankees and Los Angeles Angels, have never held such Pride Nights. You'd think they'd be the first ones to do it, but they haven't done it yet. At MLB's LGBT Pride Nights, the gay rainbow flags are often unfurled. There's a rainbow-themed baseball merchandise. The promotion, you are a sports guy. Do you ever see that, Kyle? Um, unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Lightning had one. They did, and you knew about that. I had no idea. Yes, and I was not happy about I, that. I can't even imagine that. It says um, the stadiums, despite the presence of children, also often use the kiss cams to project gays kissing onto a large oh. screen. Oh. And then they name all 23 teams. If you want to know, go read the article, and you can find out which teams are doing this. New meaning to switch hitter. Yeah, switch hitter. There you go. Okay, our other category, I entitled this Bang Bang. Okay, and I put it together before what happened this week in school, but you'll see where our priorities are, okay? You'll see where our priorities are when you see what I've put together and what happened in school this week, which nobody's done anything about this issue, right? Except blame the AR-15, which is a piece of, you know, it's like this. It's just sitting there. What? Yeah, and the AR-15 wasn't even used. That's right. But here we go. Mail online. This is their priorities. Connecticut school calls police officer after a student made a gun out of Legos and pointed it at classmates. Yes. KRIV. Autistic student in Texas school arrested for playing with imaginary rifle. He's out there going, pow, 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 and they arrest him. Handcuffed and hauled away, it happened Monday, to a fifth-grade autistic student at Conroe Independent School District's Bozeman Intermediate School. The offense alleged against a 12-year-old, David Sims, is brandishing an imaginary rifle at his art teacher, an educator who apparently felt threatened. Hey, this is their priorities. This is what's going on in the world. Weasel zippers. Kent State University. Student. Reported to police for talking about her concealed carry. You talk about your concealed carry, which I do all the time. When I'm in a restaurant, you know, we go out to IHOP after mission work on Saturdays. I'll bring up the gun as often as I can if I think there's a Democrat close by, just to bring it up, right? Or the Bible or some other issue, just to see their hair stand up. Anyway, 
Lendra Westbrook, a junior at Kent State University, claims she was wrongfully detained by campus police after students overheard her talking about her concealed carry license. Westbrook, a junior studying political science, had a phone conversation with a friend during which she lamented, how it is a shame that I can't carry a gun on campus considering I have my license. Student cadet officers overheard Westbrook's conversation and then reported her to campus police. Then, just before Westbrook was slated to take a quiz for her anatomy class, police entered the lecture hall and she was removed from the class and searched. I do not believe they genuinely thought I was a threat because I specifically said I had a license to carry. Westbrook told Campus Reform. In the conversation, there was no way to misinterpret what I said or to even suggest that I had a gun with me. As the former VP of her campus's Turning Point USA chapter and a board member of the school's Student for Life chapter, boy, that doomed her right there, Westbrook said she's well known as a conservative and she thinks it's possible, she's being very gracious, that the cadets who heard reported her because of her status as a conservative. Yeah, she's being very gracious, but how stupid. This is where our priorities lie. And we have people shooting at each other in schools, and yet they're not going to take care of that issue because it becomes a wedge to get rid of something that's actually a right. From the Daily Caller, California Bill wants to drop Washington Lincoln's birthday and replace it with a communist holiday. What? Yes, California Democrat Assemblyman Miguel Santiago introduced Bill AB 3042, which would allow schools to replace Washington Day and Lincoln Day with President's Day, combining the two, and then have International Workers' Day, conventionally known as May Day, a second holiday. The Assembly read the bill three times and refused to pass it by a 27 to 22 vote, Okay, which is good, but Santiago submitted a motion to reconsider it on the same day. Bill AB 3042 previously passed both assemblies, appropriations, and education committees. A communist holiday, May Day, right? They want to do away with President's Day and do this, or one of the presidents combined the two, and crazy. All right, Yahoo. This is nothing at all to do with prophecy, folks. Absolutely nothing. You're going to laugh, though. Domestic dispute in Germany. Man arguing with a parrot. Police were called to investigate a domestic disturbance in southern German town. Lothar, are you listening, buddy? Oh, gosh. And found a man arguing with a parrot. A resident in Lorach near the Swiss border called the emergency number to report his concerns about loud shouting from a next-door apartment that had been going on for some time. Police said that the officer sent to the scene found there was a loud argument going on, but it was between a 22-year-old man and a parrot. I told you you'd laugh. The man told them he had been annoyed with the bird, which belonged to his girlfriend. The parrot responded to being shouted at with loud noises of its own. Police said that it couldn't speak, but it could bark like a dog. Since no one was hurt, the officers left. I mean, this is like an hour-long conversation with the bird. Well, that guy's got some problems. Okay, Fox News. This is even more classic. Sarah Sanders. She's a, a, a what's the word? Heroine. She's a, she's a hero. Sarah Sanders says, whining kids is the best practice for dealing with CNN's Jim Acosta. (laughs) While White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders cherishes her role as a mother to three children, six years and under, she doesn't shy away from the fact that there are different motherhood days similar to dealing with CNN's Jim Acosta. 
Both of them whine pretty regularly, she says. They both like to ask the same questions, and sometimes their tone needs to be adjusted a little bit. So I think that having kids has prepared me for the job I have right now. She is, she is just a classic. She is wonderful. Okay, I've got a Lesrick here for you, and they had a competition this week. They do this to me sometimes. They say, I wrote one and Kathy wrote one, and you pick which, and uh, we, you know, we won't feel bad which one you pick. And normally I pick one because I don't have space for two, but I pick both of them because they're both well done. Now Churchill, he stopped Hitler cold, and Trump is proving as bold. Alike as two peas, they bring foes to their knees, and Israel is cherished like gold. And then the other one, I don't know which wrote which because they won't tell me. They, they don't want me to be. Uh, the other one said, Israelis, Ayelet Shaked loves Trump for things moved when he told them to jump. Quite unlike people past, now our flag flies full mast because he sat on Iran, not on Rump. Oh. <laughs> Good job. Okay, a couple ironies here for you and we'll be done. I got three this week. Uh, the first is from Zero Hedge. You know, uh, Mueller indicted all those Russian firms, never expecting them to yeah. respond, and one of them did, which he doesn't have any information apparently, so this right. is a real problem, but one of the companies. Mueller indicted a Russian company that didn't even exist. Good job. And then from WKBW, pothole killer. It's a machine that fills potholes. Pothole killer gets stuck in sinkhole in Niagara Falls. Yes. The truck which the city uses to fill hundreds of potholes each year got stuck in a large sinkhole that opened up at the intersection of South Avenue and 18th Street. And they had to pull that baby out. And then from Town Hall... Abortion leaders condemn Trump for not recognizing MS-13 as people. Yeah, Yeah, talk about ironic there. So such is the world we live in. And so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.